I've got to adjust it for the for the theme song. <laughs> and we're on. <laughs> Are we on? We're on. Oh my god! Yeah. It's the Scott and Jane show. Welcome to the Scott and Jane show. Um, yes, welcome, podcast listeners. Welcome to something <laughs> different, something new. Um, I'm still laughing. I still laugh. <laughs> yeah, this is this is just like a direct continuation from the last one. <laughs> um, no, I'll, uh, okay, I'll, I'll I'll give everyone the story. So, Jane and I had a we've had a couple, lots of actually podcast conversations previously, um, and people seem to kind of enjoy it. So we thought, hey, let's let's talk talk again. But instead of talking about just like me interviewing Jane in her life story, um, or her interviewing me in my life story, we'll talk about other stuff. So um, I think yeah, we're gonna give it a go. We will we will accept topics. Yes. From our vast audience. Yes, on a postcard, please. If you could send those to somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll just see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. So we we thought today as a w- as a start, um, we're gonna talk about books. Yeah. Yeah. Books. Seems kind of appropriate. Um, Jane runs a book club. Yeah. Yeah. And I I, I read books every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a r- and a really good way to, I think if you, I, I'll start that again. Um, when I go to a town or a city, the library is generally the first place I go to. Um, one, because um, I like to look at the ladies who work behind the counter. That sounds a bit weird. It does but sound But they're generally the, like, the... You know, if you can get past the ladies in the library, it's like getting past the reception at a school. Mm. You're in. Mm. Um, they they have they are fonts of all knowledge, mm. um, and then there's generally information about what is going on in that town. So I always say, go go to a new place. Don't know anyone? Go to the library. That's true. Uh, go and talk to someone. Yeah, it's and it's always like I've been to so many little tiny places that have enormous libraries, and really, there's always characters in the library yeah. too. Yeah. Like you you go, I'm like there was a thing I, s- I read recently about all these um, homeless guys who live in the library, or not live, but spend their entire days in the library in Wellington, and they're like encyclopedic knowledge people because all they do all day is read. read. It's amazing. Yeah. That'd be great. Amazing. I'd do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think I think the plan for today was we were going to talk about our books that really we love and um, influenced us or something like that. The, the, <laughs> the, des- the Desert Island books or something like that. Desert Island. So we, we both independently, and we... we you know, no no exaggeration here. Have no idea what books each other is going to talk about. And it's really hard. It's really hard. To choose. We ch- we was like we came up with this idea that we we choose like three between three and five each, and I I have eleven. <laughs> <laughs> I have eight. <laughs> <laughs> so pop the jug on. We're going to be here for a while. <laughs> mom, <laughs> out yeah. there. I yeah. know you're listening. Yeah. Hi, mom. Um, we know there's at least two people out there listening. Uh, okay. Um. So, Jane. Yes. Book number one. Book number one, uh, The Wasp Factory by Ian Banks. Um, So, uh, Ian Banks goes under two names, Ian Banks and Ian M. Banks. Um, M. Banks is the science fiction, um, is science science fiction books that I can, I've tried. Mm -hmm. I just can't do it. Mm -hmm. It's too hard. My brain hurts. Um, And Ian Banks is his kind of normal fiction if you can call it that um the wasp factory basically um looks at a young boy who lives on an island i think it's off the coast of scotland i can't remember it was a while ago since i read Mm -hmm. it i've read it a few times um and starts off with talking about um all the people that he's killed right so um 
and then descends into madness. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's unbelievably amazing. It's quite very dark. It sounds like it. Um, but, uh, and also starts with his brother, who was in a mental institution, rings him. Um, from He's escaped from the mental institution and he's on his way to find him. Right. Um, so he's coming home. Um, and then it kind of starts a whole chain of events and literally the last page is when you find out what happens oh um and you you kind of brain explodes wow yeah that sounds fantastic it's awesome so is, is it a, a recent ish book no uh probably i'd say early 80s I, okay Le- mid to yeah early mid to late 80s 80s okay. yeah um, I, so I, quite old but the the title sounds very familiar but i haven't have yeah not read he it. makes um uh so he's kind of one of those ki- one of those kids. Uh, um, there is some um, abusive ang- animals in there, right. um, and he makes this kind of fun house for wasps. So he will he creates this fun house that he puts wasps into, uh-huh. and they have to go through doors to get out, um, <laughs> including <laughs> things like pulling off wasps' um, wings Ooh. and all sorts. Yeah, it, it sounds awful and it yeah. is, but it's amazing. Wow! So uh, the the bee lovers out there might want to. They will love it. R- right. <laughs> Right. Mo, Mo Rush, this book is for you. <laughs> for you. Yes. Queenstown um, friend of ours who has a, a an obsession with bees. Did you not know that? No. Well, you learn something I every learn day. I learn something new every day. Every day. Um, Scott Kennedy, number one. Number one. Okay. Um, I am going to go, I'm going to go with a fairly, probably a, a reasonably well-known book, especially lately. Um, and it's The Martian by Andy Weir. Ooh, I started it. Yes. Um, I've, for those of you who haven't read it, it's a, a, a science fiction book about an astronaut who gets stranded on Mars alone and his struggle to survive um, and sort of live on a planet that doesn't really want him to live there. Um, and they, they made it recently into a film, which was pretty good. Yeah. I thought the film was pretty good. Um, but like lots of people say, I thought the book was better. Um but just you know, uh, people always say, "Oh, the book's better than the movie." But I, uh, the there's so much incredible insight into the the headspace of what it would be like to be in this really challenging situation. Um, it's just great, and I I think I love the book just as a book, but I also love um, the story of the book because the Andy Weir who wrote it. Um, you read this book and you go, "Wow, this guy must work at NASA or he must be in the space program or something like that." But he's not. He's just like an enthusiast who's got an interest in this sort of thing. And he did all of his research for this book off the internet, um, public domain stuff. He figured out all these things um, on his own. And he didn't get a book deal. He published it on his blog a chapter at a time, wow. like a chapter a week. Um, and people read it like like an episode, episodic thing, like the newspaper, how, um, how, how in the olden days things used to go. Um, and eventually people were like, wow, I really want this as a book. And then he packaged it up and sold it on Amazon independently without ever a book deal. And it became this worldwide sensation. Amazing. Yeah. And um, Matt Damon, good choice? Um, see, it's interesting because when I read the book, I'd heard that they were going to make a movie out of it with Matt Damon. So, uh, Did you run screaming? No! No, Matt Damon. <laughs> um, so um, I, I, could, I always had Matt Damon in my head as that character, as the, the picture in my head, and I kind of couldn't couldn't shake that. Um, but a lot of the other characters from the book to the movie were significantly changed, yeah. um, nationalities and stuff like that. So that was a, that sort of turned it on its head a bit. Um, but yeah, that's, it's a fantastic adventure read and a real, you know, up until four in the morning page turner. So good, good read, I'd say. Good choice. All right. 
Jay Guy. Uh, I'm going to go one of our favorites, 11, 11, 22, 63. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So good. Um, so Stephen King, I got into Stephen King only a couple of years ago. I know people are screaming out there um, because I thought, Ugh, horror, no way. But it, honestly, th- he is the master. He's, I yeah, mm. <laughs> amazing. Um, this book is slightly different from the usual horror that he writes. Um, there's a little bit of it in there, but it's just, I literally could, I cancelled meetings to finish <laughs> it. Um, people, r- I was like, I can't leave the house. And I, I've told everybody who's, kind of asking for a book to read if they're going on holiday or it's quite a thick read um Mm -hmm. but but it goes fast just amazing it's just so good and i'll probably read it again and then they've made it into a series apparently um yeah like an eight-part series of it and i think uh james franco is the main character Ah, which is interesting i i he wasn't how i pictured the main guy in my head yeah um do you when you're reading a book imagine it as a film and who would play those people or do you not do that? I c- yeah, I do. I to me, I'm always thinking of, of it as a movie, and I kind of can't not do that. Yeah. And I think it's like I draw, I draw comparisons to actors for the characters in the book, and go, oh, who would I have play that? And that's sort of that's sort of how my head works. But I can't kind of. But then you can't undo it. No. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a, bit of a, a challenge. But but that book was amazing. It is amazing. I re- and it's it's such a. I think one of the things I really loved about it is is it it talks a lot about time travel, but most time travel books deal with the mechanics of time travel a lot. But this is just like it's just time travel, and it, and it seems really normal. Yeah, like oh yeah, that's what you do. Yeah, you yeah. can do that exactly. tomorrow. It's fine. Yeah, you know, it's like all of Back to the Future is all about the mechanics of time travel. This is this isn't like that at all. You just go down a set of steps and you're in 1950. 59 something, something. something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah but a, a fantastic read I think if you're a Stephen King fan you'll love it yeah and if you're not a Stephen King fan or haven't read his stuff it's a great way in yeah for sure yeah so yeah I'll, and I'll give I'll give like a an asterisk a follow-on recommendation there's a, the Stephen King book that I'd recommend um, is actually called on writing and it's it's he wrote a non-fiction book about his writing process Jane Gets it down on yep. his paper. Yeah, um, we are recording this. So you <laughs> <can just know laughs> oh yeah, I can listen again. I'm not trying to type it into my phone. On right. Oh no, I don't do that. Yeah, no, it's it's a fantastic read. Cause it's all about his process and how he became a writer and um, just the discipline that he has to to be a writer is really really interesting. And you can sort of see how he can churn out so many books yeah. just the way he works. Yeah. So, um, if you're any writers listening out there, or people interested in the process of writing books, I. I highly recommend that one. I will have a look at yeah. that one. All right. So I guess, oh, sorry, it's Mike. <laughs> it's you. It's me again. Um, <laughs> I'm going to head to reach down and uh. grab it. Uh, my second choice is a book by Cormac McCarthy called The Road. Oh. Oh, so good. So good. So good. Um, I bawled my eyes out. This book messed me up. Yeah, my friend too. It was full on. It is... Um, <laughs> It's a, a dystopian, post-apocalyptic book about um, there's just a few people left in the world and they're um, doing the best to survive. Um, <coughs> and it is so bleak. So bleak. So <laughs> <laughs> a friend of mine read this book, a uh, male friend of mine, and he was reading it near the end and bawling his eyes out. And the plumber came around <laughs> oh God. and found him and said, dude, like, what's going on? And Put he just went... Together. Read the road. Um, 
and it totally messed him up. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 kind of unrelenting. There's there's no there's no chapters in it. Um there's very little punctuation and it just reads as one long Yeah. You know, what are we t- uh there's not even page numbers on this. No. Oh, two hundred and eighty five page chapter. Um but the 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 writing is just exquisite. It's so beautiful and so told in such simple terms like it's it, it feels like a Hemingway novel um, and I think you should really really read the book before the film I actually like the film yeah friends of mine hate the film and then therefore will not read won't read the book and I'm I say shake them and say please read the book yeah because the book's just beautiful yeah the there's there's such, there's an amazing stark beauty in the book that I mean the film was was a good telling of the story of the book but I t- to me it doesn't even come close no. it's I I I'm I'm not usually a stay up all night and read a book person, even though both books I've talked about have been in that terms. <laughs> but I literally read that book in one go. So we've had horror, <laughs> dystopian nightmares that mess us up, and and pulling pulling wings off bees. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. I, I really hope it gets nicer. <laughs> anyway, moving along. <laughs> Jade got. Uh, um, High Fidelity by Nick Hornby. Now, um, I'm not a massive fan of Nick Hornby. Um. I don't really like any of his other ones, but and I re- I saw the film and then read the book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably one of my favourite films too. Mm-hmm. I don't care how smarmy or cheesy it is. I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that it's the film's American and this is set in London, they are very different, but I think work very well across both genres. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think the th- the thing that really stuck out for me in in the whole book is that thing of um, you meet someone. Um, you you fall in love with somebody and it's all sexy and wonderful um, and then they they bring out their pants from Marks and Spencers that are old and grey mm-hmm. um, and they end up hanging on the washing line in the front room and and then you and then you have that kind of um, I think we all uh, every so often have that thing of that fantasy of what it either used to be or see somebody else in that light um, and I think he talks a lot about the fact that. At the end of the day, you know, you're you're with somebody for a long time and you're walking down the street and you see this model and you have this fantasy about this person. Um, but actually they will turn into that person with mm-hmm. the grey underpants in the front room yeah. eventually. Yeah. So the, the fantasy is not real. And yeah. actually it's fine to have fantasy, but it's not real. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I would say more so men than women. Mm-hmm. And he talks a lot about it from a male perspective um, into the, the fact that actually just look at what you've got yeah. and, and how wonderful that is. Yeah. And I, I think they use music in that book yeah. and and, and the, f- the film, because I'm sure a lot of people have seen the film. But the the love of music and the metaphor of the organization of music and all that sort of stuff. Like we we were making all these high fidelity references. You know, <laughs> I had no idea Jane was going to talk about this book, but <laughs> this whole podcast was based upon you know top five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's yeah, it's this you know this idea of looking back and appreciating what you know what you had in the past and you know transferring that to appreciating what you have in the future. And he also talks about, you know, he owns a record shop, but he's actually really grumpy, um, not very cool, um, bad diet, smokes a lot, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it, and his mum still rings him up and goes, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. And he's like, I don't know. I, know. It's, it, I think is, is the one thing I didn't like about the film is John Cusack made him far too cool. Yeah. Like it's yeah, 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 I know what you mean. You know, it I was love John Cusack, though. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it was like, bingo. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Great, 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 yeah, great, great, yeah. great, great, great. Right. Oh, God, I'm dreading what's coming next. Um, <laughs> I am going to talk about actually one of my f- 
favorite authors who's a contemporary, <coughs> mostly magazine writer, but a guy called Chuck Klosterman. And w- one of my favorite books of his is called I Wear the Black Hat. Um, and Chuck Klosterman, is a, he writes for all sorts of different magazines. He's uh, for Vanity Fair and Rolling Stone. Um, and he has this amazing cross-section of, of knowledge about pop culture, but talking about frivolous pop culture things in a really intellectual kind of way. Um, uh, some people might have seen him. He was There's a, a concert film about LCD sound system called Shut Up and Play the Hits, mm-hmm. and he sort of narrates that film, and the, the backbone of that film is in the interview he's doing um, with those guys, and, and he's got this, this incredible voice that just, just rings to me, r- just rings in my in my brain as, as the voice of our sort of post-Generation X digital world. Yeah, I think he's the voice of that generation. Yeah. So he's, he's written a whole bunch of books. Most of them are collections. Um, but I Wear the Black Hat is, is probably one of my favorites of his. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Definitely recommend it. Um, okay. Ooh, who should I go next? Um, the Shipping News by Annie, and I can never say her last name. P-R-O-U-L-X Yep Um, The Shipping News is It has to be made into a film um, With Kevin Spacey No Does not Should not be that No should not be in that film Um, Basically talks about a guy who um, Overweight Doesn't know what he's doing Failed relationships um, Has two children Um, His wife dies It's fine It's not ruining the story But she um, And he takes them away to Newfoundland Yep Newfoundland um, and basically the whole book is about him kind of struggling to find where he should be living and, and he has this crazy family of, you know, kind of lots of people join his family in inverted commas. Um, and it's cold. It, mm. the, the whole story is about being cold and yeah. it makes you cold reading it. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, he's in this place that's harsh and that it's wet and it rains a lot and he learns how to sail a boat and his children are, are these two like complete, they're called bunny and sunshine. I think I can't remember. Anyway. Um, and they're just, they get into lots of trouble. Um, and you can imagine them having, you know, losing socks and hairs everywhere and yeah. crazy. And he's just trying to be a dad and do, make it up as he goes along. But it's just the most beautifully written. And there's a whole, um, the whole uh, sailing theme runs mm-hmm, through it. Mm-hmm. So there's knots and how to learn how to make knots. And yeah. It's just such a beautiful, beautiful book. Yeah. It's so beautiful. I, I loved it as well. Yeah. I, thought it was, I thought it was just, just amazing. And as you say, it was like really it puts you in that scene. Like you felt like you were, you know, on this um, cold Atlantic coast with the wind coming off the ocean yeah. and all that. And it's, yeah, it, it's just, just stunning. Yeah. It's such a beautiful book. But then they made it and gave, gave Kevin Spacey the role and it's just wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's so wrong. Cause she, she wrote, um, Brokeback Mountain as well, didn't she? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, um, it's just a great read actually. Yeah. It's, it <laughs> We say with a slight smirk. I I, well, it's funny because I, I, I read that book bef- well before the film ever came out. Yeah. Um, and got a hell of a surprise about the third <laughs> way through. As did my mom. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, it's a couple friends going camp. Oh, whoa, no, whoa. whoa. <laughs> yeah, but a beautiful book. Yeah. Really, like, and that's, you know, yeah, it, another another beautifully um, minimalist character study where it just, just tells you in sort of flashes about what these characters are about and just so 
uh, passes on this um, sense of sadness. That you just can and you can never ever say to anyone again. Can we go camping no. for the weekend <laughs> with the same look on your face? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. No. Great read. Great read. <laughs> uh, okay, I think it's my turn. Um, my next book uh, is by Amanda Palmer, and it's called The Art of Asking. Yes. Uh, a fantastic book uh, by a musician, cultural sort of phenom, uh, which is Amanda Palmer. She's been around for a long time making music um, and has a really interesting story of reaching some uh, mid-level indie success um, and then writing in a, uh, with a band called the Dresden Dolls and then writing a solo album that the record company decided they didn't really like and they didn't promote her or it at all and her career kind of went into the tank um, unfortunately and she instead of doing like a lot of artists would have done which is just kind of fade away um, she took ownership over everything literal ownership and figurative ownership um, became an independent and forged a new way of being a professional artist in a time when people don't buy records um, which is basically her going out to people and saying, hey, I'm going to make this art, and if you like it, give me some money. Um, and it's just, it's her story of, of this changing world about how if we're not buying music or not buying art anymore, how do artists survive? Um, and it's it's a really interesting book, and, and she's a very polarizing figure. Some people love her, some people hate her. Um, some people think she just has an ar- just an agenda. Um, but it's just a, a, a very interesting insight into the modern way of, of being an artist and how it's how it's changed and how she's sort of charted a course through it. Um, so fantastic read. She's, she did a, a, a great TED talk. I was going to say, is it similar? Yeah, yeah. It kind of it kind of takes the idea from her TED talk and expands it into yeah. a book form. Yeah. Um, it just just colors in a lot of the details around it. So, if you've seen her TED talk, it's it sort of follows on from that. If you like or listen to her music it definitely fills in the stories around that but it's yeah it's uh it's an interesting stamp of time it'll be interesting to see if if that her story stands the test of time yeah it is very cool i've seen the talk yeah awesome. no definitely definitely a good one definitely worth checking out a recent new mom yes which i think has um kind of i don't say tone her down but yeah, she's not got crazy eyebrows anymore. No, she's a bit. She's just like got painted <laughs> on eyebrows. Crazy. Uh, she's married to to Neil Gaiman, who's like an amazing writer as well. Which ah, no, I didn't know yeah. that. Oh my god. Yeah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine living with him? Yeah. Can, well, can you imagine that household? How oh crazy it would be. <laughs> and can you imagine having like one of the most successful authors of the last twenty years be your partner and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna write a book." <laughs> Oh really? really? We'll see how we'll, well see that it, yeah. goes. I imagine, th- I imagine in that household, it's like, what do you want for dinner? And somebody just goes triangle. <laughs> yeah, feels very shag carpet today. <laughs> yeah, and and just like people just standing in the middle of the room, holding a hardcover book and just reading from it. <laughs> it's my normal existence. <laughs> Every night for me. That's right. That's right. Totally. <laughs> um, I my next one is uh, "We Are Not Ourselves" by Matthew Thomas. Uh, I think it's a qu- it's quite a new read. It, mm-hmm. It's massive. I will warn you. Mm. Um, it's huge. Um, and I, th- I think probably released, I'd say about three or four years ago. Um, and it's uh, he's an um, um, oh, somebody's gonna 
ring it ring in because we've got a switchboard. Hold on, caller <laughs> line one. We'll put line you on. Um, somebody's gonna say no, he's not, but I think he's American. Anyway, he he. I love American writers and I love American story writers. Um, and basically, it it spans starts from about the fifties and kind of works its way up to about now, and it's all based around one family mm-hmm. um, and a very about a very very clever science dude. Um, who was a teacher and it's his demise into Parkinson's and it's really amazing because it's such a huge book it's really slow Mm -hmm. so it shows the fall of him it's very sad Mm -hmm. um, and his wife and his son and the relationships um, around being um, around this woman being kind of a 50s um, mother and Mm -hmm. wife into her trying to find out who she actually is now um and it's amazing and it and it some of it's quite funny in that um it shows his um kind of him losing it i suppose you would say Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and the kind of the funniness around that but also the real sadness around what that looks Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. um his kind of standing in society and how people just think he's going mad because Mm -hmm. they didn't really understand what that was Mm. um but it's a oh it's an absolutely it's a very long book wow but it's it's and it's slow you have to really yeah. stick with it yeah. but it's amazing Som- sometimes those those like slow burn books yeah. are just amazing i left it and went back to it because it was yeah but i was like no no i'm gonna really stick it's and this. it's you know it's amazing when an author can can hold your interest in like the slow burn yeah. book that's like yeah. you know thousands of pages do long. you um do you put up with a book do you have to finish it or are you a, I, c- I can't do this, it's fine. I I've given up on lots of books. Yeah. I, I, I find that really hard. Yeah, I, oh well, I'll, I'll usually, I get to a point where I'm like, I really don't want to read this anymore. I'm going to give myself like one more chapter. Yeah. And that's like the ultimatum. And it's it's got to get better. And, but I've had that experience so many times where I've like, I'm going to give up on this book. I can't deal with it anymore. And then the next chapter is like amazing. Yeah. And then you can't stop. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I'm. I don't have a problem giving up books. No, and uh, I'll I'll get into stages where we'll get into like a real streak of reading, where I'll read like two or three books at a time, and I'll read like a, a fiction book and a nonfiction book at the same time, and it's like to me it's like watching different yeah. TV programs yeah. or something like that. Yeah. What's the one, the motorcycle, um, that's re- about philosophy? Oh, uh, Zen and the Art of. I've mo- literally started it ten times and stopped. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because it's amazing, and then I think it just goes to shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've, I've read the, f- I've read the first part of that book a lot. Yeah, um, and then never, I don't think I've ever gotten through no, it. No, I haven't. Um, and it's kind of like, it, uh, it reminds me of um, there's a book called Sophie's World. I was just gonna say that. Yeah, I couldn't get through that. Either. Amazing, like the first <laughs> five chapters, you're like, this is amazing. I'm learning philosophy. I'm learning all, but this because it's this, it's this sort of metaphor for learning about philosophy, um, based upon this like secret guy who's sending this girl. Sophie letters and she reads the letters about philosophy. I think that's what it was. Yeah, I, I can't remember. It's been a while. I think I was too young when I read yeah, it. Yeah, I think I was like, I re- it was one of those books I really wanted to read, but I didn't. I wasn't quite ready for it. Like I tried reading Brief History of Time in like junior high school. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that, kids. <laughs> yeah. I, although I do remember when I was, um, I had a job as a as a summer camp counselor when I was in high school, and when the kids couldn't sleep at night. I would read them, <laughs> Brief History in Time. And like... They were like, no, Mr. Kennedy. No, and like like five minutes later, they'd all be asleep because I'd be like talking about the equations of 
black holes and stuff like that. I have no idea what I was talking about, but they were bored to death. It was perfect. <laughs> now they're all drug, drug addicts. Exactly. <laughs> turn them to drugs. Or astrophysicists. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You never One know. or the other. One or the other. Yeah. One or the other. Um, okay. Go on. My next book. Um, sorry. That it looks better if you see it, but I just reached down and grabbed it. Um, keeping with the slightly dark, um, chewy subject matter just is... Seen the front cover. Uh, Imperial Ambitions by <laughs> Noam Chomsky. <laughs> <laughs> That's my head exploding. Yeah. Um, Noam Chomsky is, he's actually a, a, a linguist professor at MIT in the States. Um, but he's kind of globally known as, as a writer on modern politics and history. Um, and basically an intellectual is probably the best way of describing it. Um, talks a lot about politics, lo- lots about history. Uh, especially American politics and foreign policy and war, um, but he's an incredibly smart guy, very very smart, and he 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 sort of analyzes things in a very kind of uh, uh, intellectually nerdy kind of way. And it sound uh, it sounds like I'm describing like a textbook that you didn't want to read, um, <laughs> but it's it, it's it's incredibly well written. It's it's uh, a lot of it's from a very left wing perspective on what. America's done in a foreign policy kind of way. So, if you're interested in politics, if you're interested in the political process that's going on right now, and I you're think wa- everyone is at the minute. Yeah, I think everyone is yeah. too. And it's like it's 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 very interesting. Some some stuff like um, Howard Zinn stuff is kind of similar. Um, what's his face from Australia? Whose uh, name will come to me in, in a moment? Jason Donovan. N- yes, <laughs> yes, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, uh, John Pilger, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So it's it's kind of along those sort of lines, but not quite as doom and gloom. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's hard, heavy stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. it's still pretty heavy, but it's kind of vaguely optimistic, um, and pretty accessible. Like it's it's it it defines or analyzes stuff in an easy to understand kind of way. So it's um, it's definitely your intellectual vegetables for today, but but a good read. Sure, any of his books, but um, Imperial Ambitions is the one I pulled off the shelf for today. Worth uh, awesome. Uh, I'm gonna go one more, okay? Because uh, I've only got one more. Um, oh. <laughs> I've got actually got three, but I'm gonna pick one out of them. Um, I'm gonna pick uh, uh, Tracks by Robin Davidson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tracks is about um. And again, have just made a film out of it. Um, a lady who um, set in Australia, and she leads camels over the, the, I think it's the west coast of Australia. Okay. Basically, learns how to um, rear camels, um, trains them, yeah. and then takes them on a journey across Australia. Wow. Um, and all the stuff that happens across, it's a true story. Wow. Um, and it, and it's just it's crazy bonkers. I read it just I read it in just before I went and did my um, year in Australia back in oh geez two thousand two one or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um and and it and it's kind of a you read it and kind of go, whoa! Th- it reminds you and kind of shows you of the state of Australia mm-hmm. back then, mm-hmm. um and and actually how remote it was mm-hmm. parts of australia still are really yeah. so remote yeah um particularly the middle parts yeah and all the stuff that's happening around there mm-hmm. um and it's it's lots of photographs in there um and she was just kind of kind of one of those lost souls who didn't really know what she was doing and just said 
I'm going to do that and mm-hmm. went and did it and a, and a, a, just an amazing story of all the people that she met along the way and 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 actually the the story of those Campbells who became her family they've all mm-hmm. got names <laughs> they've all got personalities <laughs> massive personalities oh wow um and they're really grumpy animals yeah um and and just the the story of the time that she spent on her own with them oh cool and it's an amazing book and they they I think last year made a film of it um and it's and it, the lady who played her was is it Mia was I can't pronounce her last name, but you'll uh, I'll know if I see it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but amazing oh, book, okay. amazing book, cool, really cool, oh fantastic, yeah. Check that out. Sounds really interesting. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. I'll I'll go I'll go my last okay. one as well. Um. I'm I'm gonna s- I'm gonna skip over all of the the low hanging fruit, which is George Orwell and John Krakauer. Um, and the Jack Kerouac, because we'll they just get those in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but I'm going to talk about a book called How Music Works by David Byrne. And David Byrne is in Talking Heads, David Byrne. Yeah. Um, and he's written this amazing book about basically how music works and how not only the music industry works, um, but more music itself. Um, and it's a really interesting kind of deep dive into the into why we connect to music and why it's important to us, and also around the context of music, um, which I found just endlessly fascinating. Um, and I think it's one of the only books I've ever read um, on an iPad that really suits reading in a digital format, um, because it'll be chapters about certain pieces of music, and you can listen to the music at the same time as you're wow. reading the chapter. Amazing. Yeah, so it's this really, it's this beautifully augmented thing, and it's, you know, he talks a lot about how all different types of music have a context and when it's taken out of context it doesn't sound right so um if you listen to music like choral music that sounds beautiful beautiful in a cathedral if you listen to it on your headphones it doesn't sound quite right um but if you listen to it in the cathedral it sounds amazing and and you know there's a spirituality that type of music because of where it's listened to and it's the same way that if you listen to punk rock music in a grungy basement somewhere sounds amazing yeah but if you listen to it in your your car it just doesn't (laughs) sound right so you know everything in its context sounds exactly the way it should and most of the time when we listen to music now it's out of the proper context so we're listening to stuff on spotify or on our phone or something like that and that's not that's not the way it should be listened to so if we sort of start putting music back in the place that's supposed to be which is you know not multitasking not checking your email not doing something else not washing the dishes at the same time but sit down and actually listen in the way it was meant to be listened to it kind of regains a lot of the power that it once had amazing yeah it's a great book really great book and he's he um he tells he tells a bit of his own story and a bit of the story of the talking heads but it does not matter if you like their music or a fan at all you'll you if you're a fan of music you'll connect to music in a completely different way so perfect a, a, a must a must read a must and listen read read and listen um we'd love to hear your listeners that's right your books that you want to spread around um i will give you so my book club meets once a month uh just for people out there it's um it's all women but we've never said no men so you're welcome to join um basically the way it works is we meet um in person once a month together um and then we meet online about two days later um with the rest of the world so there's probably around 2,000 of us that meet wow. every month. 
Fantastic. Yeah, and the, the so we meet on a Facebook page, which is really easy, and the author also is there with us. So she's either at, uh, he or she is either at, um, the literally at the book club in London, where oh, we wow. go from, or they join us um, online if they can't get there. So how does that go if people, like what if people aren't liking the book? You can be completely honest. And and we in Queenstown are known as the controversial book club. Really? Because we, we often, uh, it's quite funny actually, because sometimes at the night we're like, we sound like we want to say, you know what, we'll show you, we'll tell you how yeah. you should have written your book. Sit down. Yeah, sit down while you listen to us. Um, but you, they actually, the response from the authors has been r- really great because they've really? said, we don't want people to just pander to the fact mm. that they, they love it if they hate it. Yeah. We'd actually love to hear what you really thought about it and, and about the characters that you, and what you wish we'd have done and yeah. what we did th- really well. And for yeah. them, uh, the process, I think, is really helpful. And I, th- I think, you know, process is a really important word when we're talking about books and writing because yeah. it's, you know, there's very few authors who who only write one book. Yeah. They're always they're always in the process yeah. of the process, yeah. you know, I- and it's like if they finish, by the time somebody reads a book that they've written, they probably wrote it yeah. two years ago. Yeah. They're on to the next project or maybe the project after that. Yeah, and it never feels mean. It never feels like a mean thing you know experience for them um and a, lo- and, and a lot of us stuff you learn things like they they often don't choose the front cover because a lot of us yeah. go god the book was amazing but the front cover was awful yeah. and they're like i know yeah we had no control over that process yeah. it's uh, uh, from a like a filmmaking perspective there's a really similar analogy to that where the filmmakers don't choose the poster they don't make the trailer yeah they don't do any of that stuff yeah. so we, we we make all these preconceived ideas about films that has nothing to do with the artist yeah. who yeah. actually made it yeah yeah so it's awesome it's really awesome um and they're all over the world so we've got in england um ireland australia paris new zealand iraq we have to smuggle the books in apparently they have Amazing. to be sent to someone wow. um and, and it's just a really really awesome community of people who are reading and talking and mm-hmm. and meeting together um so yeah get in touch with queensland life if you want to join mm-hmm. anyone's welcome to join and, and what sort of books do you guys read we've been reading a lot of first time authors uh-huh. which um has kind of gone oh i just i find i struggle with co- constantly reading first time authors yeah. um so what they what the my friend who's organized the book club has, has done is um sit down with a panel of people from uh-huh. all over the world of the book clubs mm-hmm. and has said what do you think we should which way should we go yeah. so the next kind of six months the panel has now picked which includes lots of different types of authors that's cool because i mean uh, the first first time authors is a really interesting way of looking at it and there's a there's a great uh winston churchill quote that um every author's first book is an autobiography whether they want it to be or not and you know because people write yeah they write about what they know and they write about themselves so it's like it's an entire lifetime going into this one book and which can make it very interesting and and I, i really like to read author's second book yeah because it's like what do they follow that up yeah, with yeah yeah um and there's a sort of a sweet spot in there yeah oh, so it's cool, cool. And, it, and we just meet once a month and it, and you know you can be online or in person or both um really easy cool and yeah and what are you guys reading now uh we are reading curtain call by anthony quinn which i haven't started yet and i've got a week to read it ah! no problem what are, you, what are you doing here you should be reading speed, speed reading yeah we'll just get a, get the book on yeah, tape. yeah 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 okay here's here's a here's a book question for you are you a physical read the book person? Uh, I have both. I have a Kindle that I've just bought. And yeah. a, I do like a physical book yeah. turner. Um, I do struggle with Kindle, but it, it's am- they're amazing. Yeah, I, I I um I don't have a Kindle, but I read a lot on my iPad. Yeah, um, which has the the light going into your eyes 
thing. <laughs> That's not good. Which is not good. <laughs> um, but I like I I like a lot of people. I read in bed. Yeah. And the books really annoy me in bed. Like the physical turning the pages. And it hurts your arms. And yeah, and you gotta hold it like above your head yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Where the the digital book, to me, is 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 a nicer process. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. But there is something, you know, like the the how music workbooks that I was talking about today. Um, that that's really nice to have it in a digital format yeah. because of what it adds to it. Yeah. Um, but there's like as I was pulling a lot of these books off the shelf to talk about today, I was just reminded of the smell of books, like being being by the book big bookshelf and just smelling the. I've got know. a really bad image <laughs> of you like sniffing books in yeah. Woodfield. <laughs> I was just like just sort of if you can imagine arms just sort of wide. Just moving back and forth along a bookshelf. Um, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, there's a reason why this is a podcast. Yeah, not yeah, not yeah. A, you don't need the visuals, people. Visual. Um, but yeah, but thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Um, get in touch if you have books that you think we should read or other people should read. or Things that we should talk about. Things we should talk about. Because w- this, this is not a books podcast. No. This is an everything podcast. Yeah. So um, give I us some ideas. I think we do vodka next time. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Tasting. I, I There was a column I was going to write for a magazine one time that was going to be called Six Beers With dot dot dot. And it was an interview that went along um, that basically we'd ask a question after each beer. Yeah. And by the time you got to the sixth beer, we're getting to the, the good stuff. Yeah. Um, but no one wanted to be interviewed for it. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. I'm there. All right. <laughs> So join us next time. Join us next time. <laughs> Where's your xylophone? We need oh, hold on. And oh. music. Um, we'll see you next time, people. <laughs> Hang on. We're still here. Bye.